0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Rating Room. Today we set sail on an adrenaline-fuelled voyage with the iconic Tom Hanks in the gripping thriller Captain Phillips. This is Season 2, Episode 7.
1: Captain Phillips tells the harrowing true story of Captain Richard Phillips, whose cargo ship, the MV Mersk Alabama, is hijacked by Somali pirates. As the tension escalates, Captain Phillips finds himself trapped in a life-and-death struggle with the volatile pirate leader, Mousse. So Jay, first question, same as always, have you seen the film before, and if so, what did you remember about it?
0: Well Andy, I think this is a first on the the Rating Ring podcast, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong Andy, because... This is the first time that I've watched a film um, as part of the podcast that I've not seen before, and obviously when we watch James Bond, we've watched them all, and I don't recall and um, you not seeing any of the other Tom Hanks films. So I think this is is, is a first. Um, I did know though where you say you know did I remember anything? Obviously I didn't, but I do remember because I used to you know be quite big into films and used to read a lot of the film magazines when i was younger but i did remember who directed the film paul greengrass because i always think of greengrass as the the bloke from you know the ah what's the the program done in the peat in yorkshire i think it was yorkshire day or yeah that's what heartbeat that's it that's where i think of greengrass and greengrass and i also remembered it involved pirates but otherwise uh, i've not really been tempted to watch this film so what about you Andy? have you seen this one before and what did you remember
1: well, before I answer that question, uh, shout-out to our listeners over the age of 75. i sure you're all heartbeat <laughs> fans in your own right. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've seen the film once before, and I remembered basically nothing about it. Uh, the only thing I remember is the line, I'm the captain now, which is kind of one of those things that's just played over and over again. But in terms of the actual film, the scenes, the story other than, you know, it's about Somali pirates hijacking a cargo ship, I didn't really remember anything, so it was kind of new to me as well.
0: So, yeah, I think this is the first time, in, Andy, I'd say that we're pretty much going in with a blank slate.
1: Certainly a cleanish one for me.
0: So, obviously, you know, we're covering Tom Hanks in Season 2, and Tom Hanks plays Captain Richard Phillips.
1: Uh, we've got Barkhad Abdi playing the part of abdavali
0: Mousse. We've got Michael Chernus playing Shane Murphy.
1: And one more cast member is Barkhad Abdi Rahman as Adnan Bilal, another one of the Somali Pirates.
0: Our first segment is always the box office segment. So I'm just going to give some quick headlines before we, we talk about some more bits in the box office. So the budget was $55 million. The box office was just over $220 million and the adjusted box office was $287.3 million dollars. Now the film did fail to reach the top spot in the US weekend box office charts which was I don't know if I was surprised about it but when you think about Tom Hanks films it's surprising that a Tom Hanks film didn't make it to number one but it did reach number two and it stayed there for a further week before slowly sliding down the charts over the next few months. Yeah, and what kept it off the top spot
1: was the Sandra Bullock space film Gravity. Gravity stayed top of the charts for three weeks in total. And uh, Captain Phillips was actually ranked 32 in the top US box office charts for the year 2013, which uh, incidentally is one place higher than Jackass Presents Bad Grandpa.
0: Which is a classic Jackass film. Have you seen the jackass films, Andy? I know it's a bit toilet humour, but I, I do like those films. Did you say jackass? Do you, jackass. Do you, do you, mean, do you mean jackass? It's because I'm a southerner. <laughs> it's because I'm posh, Andy. I, I put R's in like things like bath.
1: Bath and glass. And
0: glass. <laughs> yeah, there's no R in there. It is, a, it is an effort to say jackass, though, for me. But I, I do really like that. I, I find those films quite funny. And Bad Grandpa, I always think of the scene when they're in some kind of cafe. Have you seen it before? I, say I have, yeah, it? yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, when when they're in a the cafe and um, he's sat there with the little boy and he's, he's having some bowel problems and then it just goes <laughs> <laughs> on oh, the Proper toilet humour. Um, but so Andy's mentioned Captain Phillips ranked 32 and the top five grossing films in the US... In 2013 were The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, a film I've not seen. Iron Man 3, a film I have seen. Frozen, which I think is a very good film. Despicable Me Despicable Me 2, which is a pretty good film. And Man of Steel, which is a film I enjoyed. What about you, Andy? Have you seen many of them? If any?
1: I think I've seen four out of five. So I've seen The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. So that's one of the first two, isn't it? I've seen two out of four Hunger Games films. I think the ones I've not seen are the Mockingjay parts one and two. Not seen Iron Man three. I did enjoy Iron Man one, uh, but uh, I kind of lost track with all the superhero type films because they were just making so many. Frozen. I've got strong views about Frozen. It's, uh, Why? Why? Well, it's supposed to be one of those films that everyone says is very empowering for women, isn't it? Because you've got strong female leads in in uh, Elsa and. Birth or whatever the names are, uh, but um, <laughs> one of the sisters, she meets a man for the very first time, falls in love with him, marries him. Like she can't do it without men, and then she meets someone else, falls in love with him, marries him. Whatever it is, it's like this is not not a good example to set young girls and women. There's nothing about independence. It's just relying on on us men folk, and us men folk are, are not worth relying on. Sisters, you need to stand up
0: for yourselves. Very well said Andy, I, I I agree but I did enjoy that film. That That is a film that I can't remember how old my daughter was when it first came out but it was a film that lots of people just used to talk about so I, I hadn't watched it then and my kids hadn't watched it but it was just like always in the news or people just talking about it so I did watch it quite late um, but it's a film that's very good and my daughter did have a frozen party where... Both of the princesses came dressed up, Andy, and I was chatting to them um, during the party, so that was a a good party. Hopefully my wife isn't listening to this episode. So
1: that's uh, another story for another podcast, I think, isn't it? uh, Shall we we let it go and carry on with this podcast? (laughs) Um, So the film, Captain Phillips, not Frozen, uh, Captain Phillips was nominated for six Academy Awards. These were Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Best adapted screenplay, best film editing, best sound editing, and best sound mixing.
0: But Captain Phillips lost out to some big hitters in the above categories. This included losing to 12 Years a Slave in the best picture and best adapted screenplay categories, Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club in the best supporting category, best actor supporting category, sorry.
1: Yeah, and it also lost out to Gravity in the best film editing and best sound editing categories. Uh, But BAFTAs was a little bit more successful. Barkhad Abdi won the BAFTA for Best Actor in a Supporting Role. So it wasn't all uh, nominations. It was some awards to be had as well. So we'll, we'll peel a layer off and we'll deep dive a little bit further. So as mentioned, this film was released in 2013. The director was Paul Greengrass. And the soundtrack composer was Henry Jackman.
0: So the film is based on a book by Richard Phillips and Stephen Doughty, Um Tauy, sorry, a a captain's duty, Somali pirates, Navy SEALs, and dangerous days at sea. Quite a, a mouthful there for a book title. Um, Paul Greengrass has directed three James Jason Bourne films, and that's why I remember him: um, the Bourne Supremacy, the Bourne Ultimatum, and Jason Bourne, which I think is the one I've not seen. Um, He would later go on and direct Tom Tom Hanks again in News of the World, which I believe is on Netflix in the UK. And Greengrass Films have received 15 Academy Award nominations. And three of these um, have all come for the Jason Bourne automating films in terms of the wins.
1: It's a pretty pretty decent record for Mr. Greengrass. Uh, Moving on to Henry Jackman. He's composed music for a range of films, including X-Men First Class, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6, Captain America the Winter Soldier and more recently the Chris Hemsworth films Extraction and Extraction 2. Now as mentioned earlier the film is based on the real-life hijacking of the Maersk Alabama cargo ship so let's spend just a couple of minutes just talking about this situation shall we?
0: Yeah, so Musay, the sole pirate survivor, so spoiler alert there, received a prison sentence of 33 years and nine months after pleading guilty to hijacking, kidnapping and hostage taking. Now, some of the crew filed a lawsuit against the company for knowingly sending them to areas that were known to have pirates. And the lawsuit was eventually settled for an undisclosed sum.
1: Yeah, some lawsuits were filed by some of the crew members um, of the Mersk Alabama, because they assert that the hero portrayed in the film does not accurate does not accurately reflect Captain Phillips. According to to these crew members, Phillips himself bears some responsibility, as he prioritized speed and financial gain.
0: Andy, before we move on to um, the next part of the pod, now I was watching this film, and the missus was in and out, and she she was basically googling this so when, when it was near the end she started saying oh do you know they the sued um um the the makers of the film i said no because i'm still watching the film <laughs> so she was just like googling like like how it ended and everything um and i was really surprised about that so i don't know what your thought was because i think you know in the film it, it it's it's made very clear um that captain phillips is aware of the danger um, it's also spoken about in terms of um, how many miles, about you know, if they divert how many miles in terms of where they are off the coast. So it seemed like everyone was in the picture before they went. You know what I mean? Before they were doing, it, it wasn't out of the blue that oh no, the Somali pirates in this area. It seemed to be they were aware of it, but obviously Captain Phillips probably getting pressured by the the company to deliver you know the the cargo contents in a timely manner i just wonder whether the crew were aware of that or was it at the higher level
1: yeah it's hard to know isn't it i guess we should probably say that we're we're not familiar with the lawsuit and the ins and outs of the workings of the company so our opinions are our own there's nothing factual here we're just stating opinions so you know calm down any lawyers out there looking to to gain money from us um (laughs) I guess it depends on how accurate the portrayal of the film is, you know, how much has been um, exaggerated for uh, for the big screen. But from how it's portrayed, it would suggest to me that it's not a total surprise. Probably more so from Philip's side, because obviously he's more clued in with, uh, I think we talk about some emails that he's looking through later on. Um, but also it's not like, the, you know, geographically, that it would be unexpected. You know, Somali pirates are known to the area. They're a thing; people know about them. And if you're in that industry, it's not going to be a surprise. I would, even, yeah, it's um, it's hard to say. I'm not going to take a side for obvious reasons, but um, I, w- I would be surprised if it was brand new news to anyone on the ship. But that's just our opinion. There's there's uh, there's nothing, nothing
0: factual about what we've said there. Indeed. Nicely done, Andy.
1: Leave us alone. We've got no money.
0: <laughs> We've got no money. So let's talk about the film now. So the film opens on the 28th of March 2009. And we see Captain Phillips getting all his gear ready for his next job. And he's checking the routes, tickets, and packing his gear. And we cut to Somalia now. And the villagers are being forced to be pirates. And Musey picks his crew. And they're on the beach here.
1: Yeah this scene reminded me of like picking football teams in the school playground
0: because there was
1: a couple of crews being picked weren't they and it was kind of like well I will have that guy and you have that guy and I will have that guy and it it seemed uh, casual maybe the wrong word but it, it it wasn't it wasn't formal in any way was it
0: it wasn't and when I saw your note here Andy I thought in my head is this the one time when you want to be pit last <laughs> could well be yeah <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, uh, but I noticed as well that he
1: picked the big guy. Yeah, you know, that's that could be like football. You want you want the the big guy at the back, <laughs> don't you? Um, but anyway, as the film rolls on, we see Captain Phillips boarding the ship. It leaves the docks in Oman, Um and it seems like he's running a tight ship. He's not letting his crew slack in any way, is he? He's a bit of a taskmaster. Um, and as the film rolls on uh, we see him catching up on emails which we referred to earlier and there's one uh, about pirate attacks in the area isn't there
0: there is and that prompts captain phillips to start getting the crew practicing some training drills as well and then he notices two boats on the radar as well which are approaching the ship yeah so at this point phillips
1: tells kenny i believe it is to contact the u.s emergency line and there's no answer now this is an emergency line, and there's no answer. That that just kind of blew my mind. If if that part of the film is accurate, shame on you. That's terrible. Um, so they contact the UK emergency line as well. You know, the UK will will fight on America's behalf, as they. <laughs> <laughs> or may not have in the past. That's going to upset some listeners, isn't it? I we'll have to cut that out. Um, but yeah, they contact the,
0: the UK line. They're not really much help either, are they? No, but at least you could get through to the UK line. And we do have listeners in America, Andy, so let's not... Um, I'm just joshing. Them, American we, we know listeners. you helped
1: us out back in the day. And, you know, We're all friends now.
0: Indeed. And the, the pirates are fast approaching the cargo ship and captain phillips i I thought this was really um, clever because obviously we find out that he he can't get any um, backup at the moment and captain phillips pretends that he's having a radio conversation um, about backup arriving because he's suspecting that the pirates are actually listening in into the conversation and it does work because one of the pirate boats actually turns around um and captain phyllis again this is very clever obviously very experienced and he's using the ship's waves to slow down the chasing pirate boat and it works because now the pirates um the 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 pirates have stopped but they they aren't giving up though you know this isn't the last time we see the pirates
1: no indeed not they've just they've fallen back haven't they just to regroup um, we get to the evening, and Captain Phillips and the crew are having a bit of a debrief about the day's events. Crowds are, sorry, The the crew are clearly not happy. Uh, some of them wanting to leave, and I think he even says, doesn't he, that you want to leave, sign the paperwork, and you can leave at the next dock, sort of thing. Um, but uh, Captain Phillips is not backing down. He's not going to change the ship's course. They've got a job to do. Uh, but they they're clearly scared. They're clearly concerned. They they know that this this is not over. That, you know this is not just a one off occurrence. The pirates will be back, but they also know that they're not equipped to fight back. Now I don't know if it's mentioned at this point, but you know we find out throughout that they've not got weapons on board. Um, so obviously that's going to be a massive cause for concern when uh, when you know coming up against armed pirates. And you know as suspected, the pirates have regrouped. They're fixing their boats. Um, and there's a bit of an argument between the the two groups, and uh, Musa knocks out the other boat captain, um, and then the next morning, we see that Musa's pirate boat has now got two engines, uh, so they're closing fast on the cargo ship. So that's a nice. I don't know how much of that is true, or whether that's again something that's been added for um, Hollywood effects, But it's a nice, no, nice maybe the wrong word, but um, it's it's good interplay between the the two pirate groups, isn't it?
0: it is because there's friction isn't there before that um, as well so musay has definitely took the lead now now the cargo ship has these big water hoses and it seems to be keeping the pirates at bay but the pirates notice that one of the hoses has slipped um, from its mount and they make a move for that part of the ship Now, First Officer Murphy does go down to refasten the the water hose. However, the pirates um, actually shoot at him, and he has to retreat.
1: Yeah, things are looking a bit desperate at this point. Phillips even gets some flares, doesn't he? And he starts firing them at the pirate boat, but to no avail. um, I guess hoses and flares are are no match for for armed pirates, are they?
0: No, no match at all. And the pirates do manage to fasten a ladder um, to the cargo ship. It's got these big hooks. And quite a crude fin, but it obviously works. And they do board the ship and Moose is they, they they um they they make their way up to the um the crew deck? What do what do you call it a bit where <laughs> they have like the the control centre? What part of that bit is this?
1: Oh that's a good question, isn't it? It's not the cockpit, that's aeroplanes. Uh, this,
0: uh, yeah. This ain't gonna be another seaplane incident, is this, it? Uh, yeah. What's what's um, the what's the
1: uh, ocean equivalent of a cockpit? one of them isn't it the 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 driving room <laughs> the, where the where they drive <laughs> the boat
0: <laughs> feel free to cut any of that out Andy um and so the, the Paris managed to um make their way up and the Moosey is talking to Captain Felix and he asks where the ship is from and what is it carrying and he demands money so they're, they're very happy when they find out this ship is an American ship Yeah, they do seem very
1: happy at that news. But they're not so happy that uh, they don't know where the other crew are. And the pirates threaten to kill them and they want to know, you know, he's asking Captain Phillips where are the other crew and Phillips and the other uh, guys with him are playing dumb, aren't they? They don't know. And maybe maybe at this point they don't actually know. They know they're hidden or should be hiding. But I guess they don't know where at this point.
0: These next few scenes, the film is really tense because Captain Phillips... I think he's really clever, and I don't know. I don't think he's been through this before, but he he seems to be experienced because he's using like these delaying techniques, and he's very calm under pressure, isn't he? He's not panicking or anything. And the pirates are searching for the other crewmen, and there's this really tense scene. I think it's really well done, where Murphy is hiding in the cooler room, and Captain Phillips goes in there with one of the pirates, and he he clocks him, doesn't he, in the corner.
1: Yeah, he it does. It's some some really smart thinking. I think he picks up a, is it a tray of melons or something, and says, "Look, here's well, here's some fruit. We need to eat it before it goes bad or something." And kind of almost ushers him out, doesn't he? In, in by doing so, it's really uh, it's really clever. And then um, the same pirate stands on some broken glass. And later on, he's he's the one with bare feet, and uh, the power to the ship is cut off. And I think there's. I, I may be muddling up the the order here, but there's kind of secret radio messages being relayed on it to some of the crew members. So without telling them what to do, it's kind of implying that this is where we're going to be and this is what's happening. So hopefully they pick up on these cues and, and lay traps accordingly, and Broken Glass being one of them. And um, so they're still searching. Uh, Mousse continues to search the engine room for the crew. Uh, but he's on his own at this point, and the crew managed to overpower him. And uh, it's looking like it's all over, isn't it? They strike a deal. They say, you know, we'll give you your captain back. You'll give us our captain back, is is
0: basically the crux of it. It is, but the, the pirates do back out of the deal, and they force Captain Phillips into the lifeboat with them. Now, we do later see the cargo ship following the lifeboat, which I was really surprised about, because I thought the cargo ship would have stayed static and... I don't know, either go back or maybe carry on its journey, but they they are being really good because they're continuing to follow the um, lifeboat. Now, Captain Phillips, he does try to help one of the pirates with the injured foot, the one that's obviously, as Andy mentioned, caught with the broken glass.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a little bit odd. Maybe maybe it's my uh, cynical ways, but, you know, is he just that nicer guy? Captain Phillips that he's wanting to help the bad guy because why why would you help someone who's, put you in this life-threatening situation
0: i don't yeah i didn't know if he was trying to build up um, a rapport with because that person that got injured i would probably say he was the weakest out of the three or um the, the the pirates sorry the four pirates altogether so i think that if he was trying to get in that way to maybe to see if he dropped his guard but yeah maybe maybe he's a nice guy or he's just trying to build that rapport up but the american destroyer um, is en route, and we also see the Navy SEALs team set off as well, so reinforcements are on their way.
1: They are indeed, and the Navy Destroyer arrives as the pirates are arguing amongst themselves. Uh, the cargo ship leaves the scene at this point, you know, their work is done. Um, I guess the crew at this point, they don't know if they're going to see Captain Phillips ever again, do they? They've got to just trust trust that the Navy know what they're doing. And um, the, the Navy Destroyer approaches the lifeboat, and this I thought was quite an interesting, um, uh, an interesting plot point. I know I don't know how true it is or not, but it was an interesting plot point, and it plays into a couple of notes I took later on. Uh, but Captain Phillips basically uses code to let the Navy know that he's in seat fifteen uh, before an aircraft carrier arrives with another destroyer, and I thought that was that was quite interesting from a tactical perspective because I thought that would obviously play into anything that the Navy may plan going forward but uh, it, does, it does feature in it kind of in my notes later on which we'll get to soon
0: yeah he, he's very much thinking about what's happening and again he's keep, keeping a level head now Captain Phillips he pleads to moose to stop all of this and we do see the Navy Seals parachute down into the sea which I found was really odd when they were parachuting down because I was thinking to myself why don't they just land on the destroyer and then you see him actually <laughs> landing in the sea, and I thinking, "Oh, I, I just thought that was weird that it landed directly into the sea. I know they had a little dinghy. Um, I thought it was weird why right? they couldn't just basically just kind of jump off the destroyer and then make their way. Meanwhile, Captain Phillips pushes one of the pirates into the sea, and he does try to swim to safety. However, the pirates recapture Captain Phillips and they do give him a bit of a beating as well.
1: Yeah, now this is a bit of a strange move, maybe desperation I guess at this point, but it made such a big deal about being in seat 15, um, that could have been a real problem for any tactics that the Navy had come up with, so I thought that was a little bit odd to to try and make that move so soon, but I guess, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures.
0: I agree, Andy, because I've not seen this film before. I didn't know how it finished so I wondered you know when this happened and I was thinking oh, I wonder if he's going to be put into something like seat 13 and one of the pirates sits in seat 15 and he accidentally accidentally gets sniped or something that's what I was thinking in my head you know um, but Musa does hold a gun to Captain Phillips and he, he then does some shots to the helicopter and the Navy SEALs mission leader starts reading out the names of the pirates which seems to get them a bit flustered and a bit concerned because obviously now the the americans know who the the pirates are
1: yeah they know who
0: they're dealing with and the, the pirates know
1: that they know who they're dealing with um the seals give the pirates and captain phillips a bag and uh, they tell captain phillips to wear the top for his safety and they also make make a point to tell him to stay in the same seat so C 15 is playing into their thinking
0: Indeed, and Moosey goes with the Americans to see their tribe leaders because um, the Navy SEAL leader says, oh, you know, we, 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 we're liaising, with, we're, we're negotiating with the tribe leaders. So he goes with them. So that means there are only three Somali pirates now with Captain Phillips on the lifeboat. Now, the, the Americans are deliberately making the lifeboat rock as well. So they're using the same tactics that Captain Phillips did earlier in the film and you can see that they're trying to get clean shots on the pirates and during these scenes we occasionally hear like one green, two red or two green, one red which obviously means whether they've got a clean shot on the pirates or not Yeah, these are some good scenes but
1: again we have what I think is a bit of a, a reckless move by Phillips um, He, he starts, basically starts a fight with them, doesn't he? Um, and then they tie him up and they give him another beating but it, but again, that means he's out of his seat. He's potentially interfering with Navy tactics. So, again, I thought that was a bit reckless by him. But but I, you know, I guess the desperation of the situation might have uh, led led him down this thinking. But then we get to the to the meat of the matter, and the Americans stop the tow of the lifeboat, and the Navy SEAL snipers take down the three pirates with clean shots. So I guess it's three green. At this point, and zero red, and uh, (laughs) Captain Phillips is in a state of shock. He's blindfolded at this point, isn't he? So he can't actually see what's going on. Um, But you know, he's covered in blood splatter. He's he's screaming in shock. He's no idea what's happening.
0: Yeah, and Andy, I didn't write this down, and I've just checked my quiz. Yep. Did you know that you know the Navy SEALs the Um, the leader was an actor but all the other Navy SEALs were actually real Navy SEALs. I did not know that. There you go. I just checked my questions about that just in case. I remember reading it and then I thought, oh, oh, maybe I'll put that on the quiz but I didn't so I can share that tidbit of information. Every day is a school day. Yep. They they rescue Captain Phillips from the lifeboat and arrest Musa. Now, they bring Captain Phillips to the destroyer and we have this brilliant song playing in the background um and it's called safe now and i've never mentioned this a few times during season two and it's another song um that i've got on my cinematic playlist i really like this song safe now and there's i don't know if you say it's variations of it but throughout the film you have these little samples and this is the one that i think is probably the best one on the, the soundtrack
1: sounds good to know I, I don't pay as probably as close attention to the music as you do so uh Uh, I probably need to educate myself a little bit on that. Um, But one thing I do like is a good quote. And at this point, one of the uh, Navy officers, I think it was not one of the SEALs, he says to Musay, Captain Phillips is free or your friends are dead.
0: Very matter of fact there. And we're not doing best quotes, are we, in season two, Andy? So maybe that is one that you would have picked out to be your favourite quotes from the film.
1: That or I'm the captain now. Because that's the (laughs) one I remember.
0: And Captain Phillips is injured, and he is suffering from shock as well when he's being examined by the, the navy person medic, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's quite an emotional scene, isn't he? He's, he's struggling to keep it together, and uh, he's clearly in a lot of pain, and he's in you know emotional trauma has been suffered. And the film comes to an end, and we get an epilogue stating, as you mentioned earlier, that Mousse was sentenced to thirty-three years in prison. And Captain Phillips went back to sea. I think it was, I can't remember the exact dates, but it was something like 15 or 16 months later um, after this ordeal that he went back to sea. But uh, yeah, 33 years in prison for Musée. Um, I think, you know, being a pirate, they should have made him walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: indeed. And I think, as part of the research, Andy, I didn't write this down, but I think he ended up, Working for another something like four years, Captain Phillips did before retiring. So it didn't put him off. There you
1: go. Once a seaman, always a seaman,
0: I guess. The so, Andy, I usually go first when I talk about the wife Ferdinand. What about, do you want to go first this time? Did your wife partake in watching Captain Phillips and the seaman, or did she give it a
1: miss? Uh, she gave it a miss. It was too late at night, and she thought the film was too long even though you know, we'll, t- we'll discuss runtime time if we haven't already. I don't think it was that long. Uh, but, yeah, Didn- didn't line up with our plans. What, a- what about your wife? Did she partake this time?
0: She she did, but she did not off. She did that whole thing again, which I mentioned countless times about getting ready to hibernate. But she, she had to pop out of the house as well. I can't remember why. I don't know if she had to pick one of the kids up. Um, So she did see the ending because she was Googling it as well. But the one thing she said, and I think she might have said this in the previous episode, Andy, she said that she likes that Tom Hanks chooses a range of diverse characters to play. However, she said something and I thought, ah, you you nailed it there because I noticed that. She said during Captain Phillips, the bits that she watched, she said there were times that if she closed her eyes, it sounded like woody or forrest gump the way that he were talking or he expressed himself and i thought you know what i think i noticed that as well it's just such a, uh,
1: a memorable voice i guess and uh unless it calls for a thick accent he's gonna sound like tom hanks isn't
0: he he is he is and he he i agree and, and i think we said this off off air before i don't think we said it online um during the pod With James Bond, each film's kind of like an action film. I know the earlier ones were more spy before they became more action. So one of the things we're enjoying is in season two, we're having a range of different genres and different type of films that we're seeing Hanks in. So we are enjoying that every film is very different or, you know, slightly different. So it's been an enjoyable experience so far during these seven episodes.
1: Yeah, it's it's less formulaic than the... uh the bond films which you know you kind of know what to expect because it's roughly the same format each time and speaking of which we like to do this podcast in roughly the same format each time which means the next thing on our list is the all-important ratings can't have the rating room without ratings so jay why don't you kick us off what did you give this out of 10
0: i gave this a very solid 7 out of 10 and i will obviously talk about where that landed in the ratings later on what about you andy
1: Yeah, same, 7 out of 10. Nice, solid effort. Good film.
0: So another thing we're doing in Season 2 is rank... Well, we're we're pulling out the rankings from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to go first. IMDb, as of the day that we pulled the notes together, the ranking for Captain Phillips was 7.8 out of 10. So fairly consistent with our score in the rating room.
1: Indeed, a little bit more generous from Rotten Tomatoes. 93% on the Tomatometer, Certified Fresh. With an 89% audience score. So a very respectable rating from Rotten Tomatoes.
0: It is, yeah. The highest out of the the four main ratings out there. Now, this next segment. So this is where we pretend to be on the casting couch. So our regular listeners should be familiar with this. But I'm just going to recap. So this is where we recast the Tom Hanks role with another famous Tom. So during season two, we have the chance to cast either Tom Holland,
1: Tom Hiddleston, Tom Cruise, or Tom Hardy. So Jay, who is your pick this week and why?
0: This week, Andy, I thought was a really hard one um, because my initial instinct tells me Tom Hiddleston, but I'm also drawn to Tom Cruise. But I, I did struggle with it, so I, I did go with my gut in the end and i picked tom hiddleston for me i I just can't see cruz necessarily playing a a believable captain phillips being taken hostage i think when you think about tom cruise he's always the apart from collateral and i'm sure there must be some other films out there he's always the the main hero or you know the one that's the strong character and I can't see him being taken hostage. I mean, another film that jumps out actually where he was taken hostage in a, in a fashion was The Last Samurai. And um, that is, uh, I think, there's a brilliant film. I really like that film. The Wife Hates It. Uh, another film with a great soundtrack. Um, so I couldn't see it in this instance. You know, I couldn't imagine Tom Cruise being in the lifeboat where... I think if Tom Cruise was in the lifeboat, I'd just think of Ethan Hunt from... Mission Impossible or Pete Maverick he would fight his way out there you know where Tom Hanks failed as Captain Phillips to break out and swim away I think Tom Cruise would be more believable and actually do that so that's why I've gone for Tom Hiddleston I think Tom, Tom Holland would probably be too young to play the role Tom Hardy I think it's a brilliant actor and I think he could probably play most roles but I think Tom Hardy I've featured more than once already so yes Tom Hiddleston what about you Andy did you have a difficult one this week
1: yeah, this is a tricky one. I thought, but I've gone with Tom Cruise. I, I just don't buy Hiddleston or Holland as a ship captain for some reason, and nobody's overpowering Tom Hardy, He's um, he's a big beefy guy. He would make short work of the pirates. Um, but I would say C- Cruise would have to show some weakness and vulnerability to pull this off. So you know, you can't you can't take the Ethan Hunt, Pete Maverick type role. He's got to show a little bit more, and I think he's got that in his locker. That that kind of weakness and vulnerability, so Tom Cruise is my pick.
0: Do you think Tom Cruise will ever win a, an Oscar for Best Actor? No. He's not that good. <laughs> there,
1: said it. <laughs> hot. That's my hot take for the week. He's alright, decent, but he's, he's not Oscar material.
0: Okay, you probably ruin any chance of him coming onto the podcast now, Andy. So, I just had a quick Google, because I think... I'm sure when The Last Samurai came out there was publicity around there to say this was the time that Tom Cruise was going to get the Oscar gong Um, but I don't believe he was even nominated. So he's been nominated for Best Actor for Born on the 4th of July, Jerry Maguire and Best Supporting Actor for Magnolia and then um, best pitcher was for Top Gun Maverick. So I wonder, yeah, will he ever get a little is he not uh, he's obviously not past it Andy, but maybe he's he's kind of past it in terms of um his peak of his powers. Yeah maybe. But Mission imp Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. We get we got I don't, topic, I, don't, don't we?
1: I don't think he's he's quite at that level. Um but you know if he if he does win in the future, congratulations and I've you know started my first celebrity feud on the rating room. <laughs>
0: He might say something in his speech when he wins and says, bleep that, Andy, from the Reading Room podcast. I've done it.
1: There's no such thing as bad publicity. <laughs> yeah,
0: true, So, true.
1: go on, Tom Hanks. Not Tom Hanks. Go on, Tom Cruise. I dare <laughs> you. Make my day.
0: <laughs> so, this next segment is the segment we are call in the six degrees of James Bond. Now, this is based on the concept that we are all connected to one another by only six degrees of separation. So as we've discussed
1: previously, season one of The Rating Room, we re-watched and discussed all the official James Bond films. So in season two, we're going to explore how Tom Hanks is linked to the various different actors in the James Bond franchise.
0: Now, we've explored the Tom Hanks connection with all the actors who have played James Bond. So therefore, today, we're going to mix it up a bit and we've looked at the actors that well we've looked at the actors that were top ranked in the Bond villains um and how they are they related to Tom Hanks so Andy do you want to go first and just remind us who was your favorite villain in season 1
1: indeed my favorite villain from season 1 of the rating room was played by Javier Bardem and it was the Bond villain Raul Silver, from the film Skyfall so let's get into this um step 1 Javier Bardem was in Automata with Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott was in The Neon Empire with Gary Busey.
0: Yeah, Gary Busey was in Saturday Night Live 15th anniversary with Tom Hanks. So this means this week's Six Degrees of James Bond is completed in three degrees um, for Andy's favourite Bond villain. Now, next up is my one, and just to recap our listeners... I pit the infamous Goldfinger, played by Gert Frobe, as my favourite Bond villain. So Andy, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so
1: Gert Frobe was in The Girl from Flanders with Maximilian Schell.
0: Yeah, Schell was in Together with Jacqueline Bissett.
1: Uh, Jacqueline Bissett was in The Mephisto Waltz with Kurt Lowens.
0: Now, Kurt Lowens was in Angels of Demons with Tom Hanks. I wonder are we are going to watch that film, Andy, in season two.
1: To be determined, keep listening, but that does mean that for your favourite villain we have completed Six Degrees of James Bond in Four Degrees. So uh, we're we're doing well with this segment, we've we've not disproven the theory as yet. Um, But it's now time for our main feature, I would say, on the Rating Room, and that is the Rank Bank. So, we're going to run through the usual topics that we, we go through. Jay, as always, why don't you kick us off with some runtimes?
0: Yeah, so the run times. Captain Phillips was on for two hours, 14 minutes. Now, that means it goes in in third place so far um, in season two. And that is just short of Forrest Gump and just slightly longer than Philadelphia. So just a quick recap, The Green Mile, three hours, nine minutes, is out there. Way ahead at number one, Forrest Gump, two hours, 22 minutes, and then Captain Felix in third place with two hours, 14 minutes. Andy, do you want to talk through the box office? Yeah, so the budget for this
1: film was $55 million, which is the joint third highest budget that we've had of any film so far. The actual worldwide box office was around $221 million. Which, um, looking down the list, kind of puts it mid-table. Um, fourth out of seven, I believe, in that rankings. But we, we do the order by adjusted box office to try and keep it as fair as we can. And in the adjusted box office rankings, this actually is seventh out of seven so far. With just over 287 million. So it's slightly behind Road to Perdition* in sixth place, which has an adjusted box office of 309 million. But still a respectable profit margin nonetheless
0: yeah we've had no flops yet have we in terms of box office and i think you know before we started um recording any of these episodes andy and if you said to me which film would have had the the lowest adjusted box office out of the seven i would have probably said this one even though i hadn't seen it i i would have put this one in last place at week seven i think so moving on our next one is where we rank the different actors that Tom, well, sorry, where we rank the different characters that Tom Hanks plays. Obviously, the film is titled Captain Phillips and Tom Hanks plays Captain Richard Phillips. For me, this was uh, an easy one. I do think this is um, the, I won't jump into the film a bit, but it's definitely one of the weaker characters. I think he, he is good, but when you compare him with the other roles that we've had in season two so far... People like, you know, Paul Edgecombe in The Green Mile, Josh in Big, Woody in Toy Story, Andrew Beckett, Forrest Gump. Now, for me, it it was between Michael Sullivan and Captain Richard Phillips, but I think Michael Sullivan, for me, was a stronger character and a more enjoyable film. So I put Captain Phillips bottom in seventh place. What about you, Andy?
1: So I've also gone for seventh out of seven. I think Tom Hanks played the role well there's not a lot of depth to this character it's not a larger than life character like the others that you mentioned are so there's is just a little bit less interesting for me um because it's just a normal everyday guy it's not a it's not a larger than life superhero or villain or, or anything of that nature so uh, whilst a good performance by hanks the 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 actual character of captain richard phillips is is not really on a par with the others so 7th out of 7 so far so moving on to supporting actors, we pick what we think is the main supporting actor from each film and we rank them against each other. In this case, the main supporting actor was Barkhad Abdi, playing the role of Abduwali Muse. Again, for me, not necessarily a captivating character. Whilst the performance, again, was good and the film was enjoyable, I'm not going to deny that, the actual character was not as interesting didn't have a lot of depth to it so I've gone for seven out of seven as well for this I guess part of it is down to the fact that it's a true story so you can't necessarily embellish it too much but there was a lack of depth like what's the motivation what's the the backstory there's none of that really given here and I understand reasonings why but um, as a as a film production that just means it's lacking uh, in, in terms of character development, I guess. So so that's my reasoning for 7th out of 7. But a fine performance nonetheless. Uh, what about you, Jay? Where do where you rank uh, Barkhad Abdi as Musay?
0: Yeah, I thought it was definitely one of the... I thought it was definitely one of the, the weaker actors-slash-characters in Season 2 that we've had so far. However, I've put him in one spot higher... So, I've not Elizabeth Perkins to seventh, and I've put Abdai, who played Mousse, in sixth place. And for me, the only thing that swung it was he won a BAFTA. So, I thought it was a very good pirate, but that is just what swung it for me. But yes, definitely one of the, the weaker ones that we've seen so far. No Paul Newman or, you know, John Coffey in the Green Mile. Or even, you know, when you start thinking about Buzz Lightyear, Joe Miller Jenny, it is noticeable. But there's a notable noticeable theme going on here, isn't there, Andy, where Captain Phillips is ranking lower throughout these um categories in the rating room.
1: That uh, certainly seems to be the case. Is that gonna continue though with our final ranking?
0: Well, so the final ranking for me is I've obviously mentioned Captain Phillips with seven out of ten, and as we've stated countless times we are not having any joint places in the film rankings so captain phillips i've slotted in seventh place bottom of the table so it does share seven out of ten with green mile and Road to Pedition. but for me it is definitely the the weakest film that we've watched so far what about you andy do you want to just recap what you gave captain phillips and where does it go into your top seven
1: Yes, I like you, I also gave this a 7 out of 10. However, I did enjoy this considerably more than Road to Perdition, which I only gave a 5 out of 10. So for that reason, it goes in at 6th place. I think a, a solid film, a uh, good, good film, but uh, not quite um, enough to pip Toy Story and Big as the other 7 out of 10. So it goes into 6th place out of 7 so far. And that brings us to the end of another week of The Rating Room. Thank you everyone for, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's episode.
0: We do love hearing from our listeners and we encourage you to email us with any feedback, questions or even suggestions that you may have. And your input does help us make better content and it makes the show more engaging for everyone.
1: Don't hesitate to reach out to us at theratingroom@gmail.com. at gmail.com We'll do our best to respond to every email that we receive.
0: You can also contact us via our website and you can find all the show notes for all the episodes from season one and season two on our website at www.theratingroom.com. And also make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Rating Room.
1: You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, maybe even threads by the time this goes out by following us at The Rating Room send us a message, leave us a comment, like, subscribe, share all that good stuff and be sure to follow us to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and news so where do we go from here I think there's only one place to go after a film such as this and that is to a far far away remote island with only a beach ball for company Um, because next week we're going to be talking about the film Castaway. thanks for listening everyone